1: Welcome to season two of Terry's Mysterious Moments. Thank you for listening to the show. I hope you find something interesting. Or maybe something spooky. Or maybe something just mysterious. This is Terry from Texas with another episode of Terry's Mysterious Moments. Glad you could join us. Hope you enjoy the show. This is going to be a rather one-off episode. It's after Christmas, but I want to talk about something about Christmas that has piqued my interest, and I'm sure it's piqued others' interest. That's the song the 12 days of Christmas what does it mean what are the 12 days of Christmas well with Christmas merchandising beginning almost before Halloween or even before Halloween now that's called the Christmas creep the actual Christmas season begins on Christmas Day itself traditionally December 25th marks the official start of the 12 days of Christmas it is a Christian tradition that shares its name with a stick in your head Christmas carol, does it not? We all know the song, you know, the Twelve Days of Christmas. On the first day of Christmas, my true love gave to me a partridge in a pear tree. The Twelve Days of Christmas is the period that in Christian theology marks the span between the birth of Christ and the coming of the Magi, or the Three Wise Men. It begins on December 25th and runs through January 6th, which is the day of Epiphany, sometimes also called Three Kings Day. We know that the four weeks preceding Christmas are collectively known as Advent. You've seen Advent calendars, Advent wreaths, and it begins four Sundays before Christmas and ends on December 24th. Some families choose to mark the 12-day period by observing the feast days of various saints, including St. Stephen on December 26th, and they plan daily Christmas-related activities, but for many, after December 25th, things go back to usual until December 31st. The 12 Days of Christmas, we all know is as a carol, in which the singer brags about all the cool gifts they receive from their true love during the 12 days of Christmas. Each verse builds on the previous, serving as a really effective way to annoy family members on road trips. I can imagine that. Yes. The lyrics to the 12 days of Christmas have changed over the years. There are different versions, different gifts, different things. The version most people are familiar with today begins with, on the first day of Christmas, my true love sent to me a partridge in a pear tree. The song then adds a gift for each day, building on the verse before it until you're reciting all 12 gifts together. The first day is a partridge in a pear tree. Day two is two turtle doves. Day three is three French hens. Day four is four calling birds. Day five is five gold rings. Day six is six geese a-laying. Day seven is seven swans a-swimming. Day eight is eight maids a-milking. Day nine is nine ladies dancing. Day ten is ten lords a-leaping. Day eleven is eleven pipers piping, and day twelve is twelve drummers drumming. The history of the carol is somewhat murky. The earliest known version first appeared in a 1780 children's book called Mirth Without Mischief. A first edition of that book sold for $23,750 at a Sotheby's auction. In 2014 but you can also buy a digital copy on Amazon. Some historians think the song could be French in origin but most agree it was designed as a memory and forfeits game in which singers tested their recall of the lyrics and had to award their opponents a forfeit a kiss or a favor of some kind if they made a mistake. Many variations of the lyrics have existed at different points. Some mention bears abating or ships a sailing. Some name the singer's mother as the gift giver instead of their true love. Early versions list four collie, C O L L Y, birds, which is an archaic term meaning black as coal, blackbirds, in other words and some people theorize that the five gold rings actually referred to the markings of a ring-necked pheasant, which would align with the bird motif of the early verses. In any case, the song most of us are familiar with today comes from an English composer named Frederick Austin. In 1909, he set the melody and lyrics, including changing collie to calling, so it would be four calling birds, and added as his own flourish the drawn-out cadence of five gold rings. There are those that believe and spread information about this, as is common in today's world. The song is not a coded primer on Christianity. There's a popular theory that's made the internet rounds that the lyrics of The Twelve Days of Christmas are coded references to Christianity. And it says so because the song was written to help Christians learn and pass on the tenets of their faith while avoiding persecution. Under the theory, the various gifts break down as follows as the myth-debunking site Snopes explained. Two turtle doves means the Old and New Testament, three French hens faith, hope, and charity the theological virtues, four calling birds the four gospels and or the four evangelists, five golden rings the first five books of the Old Testament, or the Pentateuch, which gives a history of man's fall from grace. Six geese a-laying mean the six days of creation. Seven swans a-swimming, the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit, the seven sacraments. The seven gifts of the Holy Spirit are an enumeration of seven spiritual gifts originating from patristic authors, those who were high up in the the church leadership in the early days. And it's later elaborated by five intellectual virtues and four other groups of ethical characteristics. They are wisdom, understanding, counsel, fortitude, knowledge, piety, and fear of the Lord.
0: In Puerto Rico, we call ourselves Boricua. We're proud, passionate, and full of life. On our island, adventure finds you. Strangers aren't strangers for long. The size of the audience doesn't change the beauty of the music. And we celebrate every last ray of sun. Live Bonicua.
1: Eight maids of milking represent the eight Beatitudes. In the book of Matthew, chapter 5, verses 3 through 10, describes Jesus' famous Sermon on the Mount, which contained what are known as the Beatitudes. Jesus said, Number one, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Number two, Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. 3. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. 4. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. 5. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. 6. Blessed are the pure of heart for they will see God. 7. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. 8. Blessed are they who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. The nine ladies dancing represent the nine fruits of the Holy Spirit. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The Ten Lords Leaping represent the Ten Commandments. Eleven Pipers Piping represent the eleven Faithful Apostles. The Twelve Drummers Drumming represent the twelve points of doctrine in the Apostles' Creed. The Partridge in the Pear Tree, naturally, represents Jesus Christ. This theory seems tailor-made for circulation via emails that are endless, but it actually makes little sense once you examine it. Snopes had a great explanation of the many, many holes in its logic. The most egregious, first the song's gifts, have nothing to do with their Christian equivalents. So the song is basically useless as a way to remember key pillars of the faith. And second, if Christians were so restricted from practicing their faith that they had to conceal messages in a song, they also wouldn't be able to celebrate Christmas in the first place, much less sing Christmas carols. The late historian William Studwell, known for his Christmas carol expertise, also refuted the coded message idea via a Northern Illinois University news release. He said, first, Catholics of that era were not terribly persecuted, so there would have been little need for their teachings to have been secretive. Also, the breezy, bouncy nature of the tune hardly fits with the character of the church at the time. Finally, neither Studwell nor any other reputable researcher has ever found a definitive explanation of what the 12 gifts in the song would have correlated to in the Catholic Catechism. Now this is something that they do every year. They count up how much it would cost to give someone all these gifts because giving someone all the gifts in the song would be pricey. To calculate the cost of all the gifts in the 12 days of Christmas, let's look at the PNC Financial Services Group annual Christmas Price Index, which PNC has been putting out since 1984 and which occasionally makes its way into school lesson plans. The index calculates the cost of all the gifts in the song based on current market rates. 2018's total comes to a hefty $39,094.93, or $170,609.46 $170,609.46 if you count each mention of an item separately, which would amount to 364 gifts in all. That's up 1.2 percent from last year. One of the takeaways from this is that swans are just danged expensive. At $1,875 each That's $13,125 for all seven swans. But at least it stayed the same price as last year. While the cost of the five gold rings, $750 total, was down 9.1% from last year due to less demand and fluctuations in gold prices throughout 2018, per PNC. No matter the cost though, Actually giving someone all of this stuff is probably not a great idea. Just think of all the bird poo. That would turn me off. You may ask, are there any other versions of the 12 Days of Christmas? Well, the structure of the 12 Days of Christmas lends itself easily to parodies, of which there have been many. There's Jeff Foxworthy's redneck version. Twisted Sisters heavy metal take, and of course a Muppets version featuring John Denver. A favorite version of mine is by Alan Sherman, the guy who also did Hello Mother, Hello Fada, where he describes a bunch of seemingly re gifted items he's received from his in laws, such as a radio, that's a Japanese transistor radio a Nakatumi, I think it's called, the one that's been discontinued, an insurance company's gimme calendar with its name on the front, and other ridiculous items. The first day of Christmas is, of course, Christmas Day, we know that, the nativity of Jesus Christ. In the Christian tradition, it is preceded by Advent, a time of preparation and celebration for the twelve days. On the second day of Christmas is celebrated the feast of Saint Stephen, deacon and martyr, the first Christian to die for his faith in Christ. For that reason he is often called the proto-martyr, which means the first martyr, or the proto-deacon, because he's the first of the deacons mentioned in the sixth chapter of the Acts of the Apostles. The third day celebrates a life of Saint John the Evangelist, called the disciple whom Christ loved, and the only one of the apostles not to die a martyr's death. He is honored as a martyr, though, for the incidents that he suffered while proclaiming the faith of Christ. The fourth day of Christmas honors the memory of the holy innocents. All of the young boys slaughtered at the command of King Herod when he hoped to kill the newborn Jesus. The fifth day celebrates the faith of Thomas Becket, the Archbishop of Canterbury, who was martyred for his defense of the rights of the Church against King Henry II. On the sixth day, the faithful celebrate the Holy Family, Mary the mother of Jesus, Joseph his foster father, and Christ himself. Together they form the model for all Christian families. The seventh day of Christmas celebrates the life of Saint Sylvester, the Pope, who reigned during the incredibly tumultuous times of the Donatist Schism and the Arian heresy in the fourth century. The eighth day falls on January 1st, and it honors the Solemnity of Mary. Faithful worshipers recite special prayers to honor the role that Mary played in Christian history and in her devotion to Christ. On the ninth day of Christmas, the faithful celebrate two of the original Eastern doctors of the Church, Saints Basil the Great and Gregory Naziniansen. I know I didn't say that right both bore witness to the Orthodox Christian teaching in the face of the Arian heresy. On the tenth day, Christians venerate the holy name of Jesus at which every knee should bend, of those in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, from Philippians 2:10 and 11. The eleventh day honors St. Elizabeth Ann Seton, Living from 1774 to 1821, or Mother Seton, as she is often known, who was the first Native American born saint. On the final day of Christmas, the faithful celebrate the Feast of the Epiphany, the day on which Christ's divinity was revealed to the Gentiles in the form of the Three Wise Men. In the tradition, This is the day that the wise men finally arrived in Jerusalem and went to the stable and found the king, the newborn king, lying in a manger, as told by scripture. It also commemorates the life of John Newman, living from 1811 to 1860, the first non-native-born American saint. Epiphany is also called Theophany, Dina, Little Christmas, or Three Kings Day, and it is a Christian feast day that celebrates the revelation of God incarnate as Jesus Christ. In Western Christianity, the feast commemorates principally, but not solely, the visit of the Magi to the Christ child, and thus Jesus' physical manifestation to the Gentiles. Moreover, the Feast of the Epiphany, in some Western Christian denominations, also initiates the liturgical season of Epiphany Tide. Well, I hope that explains a little bit about the 12 days of Christmas. I mean, it's it's been a song in my lifetime that I've heard over and over and over again, and Just recently, I've started wondering just what it meant, so I decided to look it up and I found this information and thought, while it's not terribly mysterious, it is a little odd, a little unusual, so I wanted to do a story on it, and I hope you've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed bringing it to you. Now that we are through the holiday season, I hope that the feeling of the holidays does not leave you that you can always reach in and grab some of that feeling and be happy. Remember that you can listen to Real Paranormal Activity, the podcast, on Mondays with Aaron Hunter. On Tuesdays, you can listen to Aaron's Horror Show with Aaron Frail. On Wednesdays, Terry's Mysterious Moments with me, Terry from Texas. And on the first Saturday of each month, the show is called Buried Secrets Paranormal. And what they do is investigations. And they they provide videos of their investigations on the first Saturdays. Now, they may include some other stuff during the month. But they are on the first Saturdays, Buried Secrets Paranormal. They've been with us now for a little while. Remember, you can go to your app store, whether you have Apple or Android you can download the RPA app install it in your whatever device you use to listen to the programs and you can get all of the shows without having to go looking for them they'll be there for you. We are all over the place now I don't know all of the places we are but we are on a lot of things so It's not difficult to listen to us. Well, anyway, that's going to be my show for this week. Again, I hope you enjoyed it. I enjoyed looking it up and and getting the information. Things I didn't know. It's good to know the history of it. Come back next week. See what I've got for you. Like I said, this is a one-off, so I will be going back into my regular types of stories. So I thank you for being here. Have a great week, y'all. Bye-bye.